I'm Conscious Soul, this is Jay Wynn. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number 22 with Ruby Christine Head. Ruby is a mentor, a coach, and a co-founder of LifeCam, a 10-week program for women and men looking to heal their past, upgrade their biological landscape, and create success on their terms. You can reach Ruby via Instagram at the Ruby Christine. In this episode, we discuss how to unlock traumas in order to heal and how to deal with emotional triggers rather than reacting. Here's my interview with Ruby. Thank you for being on the show, Ruby. I will start off with uh, your personal history, who you are, where you grew up, and what were your early years were like, just to start off the show. Absolutely. Um, well, my name's Ruby. I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. And my early history is, um, actually, it's a big part of what I teach in my programs because so much of our early life really gets to be a part of our older life, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we know this and it's obvious and many times it's what's happening behind the scenes and of our subconscious beliefs. And so I grew up in California Mm -hmm. where I still live and I was the the middle child of four. And um, so we lived in this really beautiful place in Northern California and I had a lot of access to the woods and the outdoors Mm -hmm. and great neighbors and my parents, we had this really awesome family that looked super good from the outside, right? But on the inside, <laughs> it was a different story. There was a lot of arguments and anger. I grew up in a really volatile household with um, like, you know, sometimes my parents would fight and the whole kitchen would get torn apart and oh my plates would get broken. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of intensity and, um, you know, as a kid, you don't really know what's going on. It just feels really scary and big. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of thinking it's your fault, right? For all of that. And so, yes, exactly. And, and in the bigger picture, it was really important to my parents, how we looked on the outside. So even though our family had massive problems on the inside, we had to look really good. And so a lot of my friends were always jealous of me and they thought I had the perfect life, but I would go home and it would just kind of be a nightmare. And so that was really a big part of my early childhood mm-hmm. up until my parents divorced, right? When things were so challenging, they couldn't stay together anymore. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I really turned into a young adult. I had to get a job to help my mom. My dad actually ended up going to prison for wow. a few years. Things got really intense with my mom mm-hmm. and I was her confidant. I was like the only person at 13 <laughs> who she would really talk to. And so I got a lot of really big adult conversation. Wow. That, um, That's a really lot of pressure age. to put it on you. like. Um, massive amount of pressure, <laughs> massive. And, um, you know, in retrospect, all those things became gifts. Um, yeah. but it, first they became the trauma. <laughs> yeah, really. of course. And, yeah. And so, yeah. So you, you are a co-founder of LifeCan. Yes. Tell me about it and what you guys offer. Absolutely. So Life Camp was this brainchild of one of my really good friends and I. She's a therapist mm-hmm. and um, I'm a coach. And we have both had these really intense childhoods, really rocky early lives and have went through that and really transformed what were incredibly challenging life situations into our gifts and like who we are and what we're mm-hmm. able to offer. Mm-hmm. And we kept thinking like, gosh, you know, I, like what's the program I would have wanted 
eight years ago or 10 years ago, right? Because our journeys, we spent tons of money and so Mm -hmm. much time and did all of the things and some things work, right? Just like Mm -hmm. with any sort of self-help or transformational journey, some things work really well and some things don't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so you spend all this money and effort and energy and um, either it's a band-aid, right? And so maybe mm-hmm. it works to maybe you go for a yoga retreat, for instance, and it works, it works for a little while and you feel grounded, you feel super awesome. But it really didn't heal, you know, was that? No, right. It's yeah. like as soon as something comes up, then suddenly you're back in the same trigger and you're back in the same pattern. And there's this consistent beating yourself up of like, mm-hmm. how come I'm not better now? Why am mm-hmm. I, why am I still here? Why am I still hashing out the same relationship problems or the same personal problems or mm-hmm. still like navigating confidence? And again, it's so this thing from childhood, right? Where things looked really well on the outside, but they were good on the inside. Often that's a challenge for many adults, right? Where we're living these lives and people are like, wow, you have all your shit together. You're really successful. You're mm-hmm. doing really awesome. And it's like inside I'm broken. I'm crying on the kitchen floor. I feel like a fraud or an imposter. Or they don't have any confidence, right? Yeah. And so it was really wanting to help people close the gap on oh, who wow. they are yeah. Yeah, and yeah. who they want to be, right? Who they want to be in the world. So that what's on the outside actually matches what's on the inside. Mm. And so instead of life camp was really, it was like the antidote to what I would call like band-aid psychology or band-aid self-help, okay, which is the yeah. things that help a little bit in the moment, right? They mm-hmm. might reduce some pressure, but it's like you said, we don't get to the underlying root cause. Yeah. So unless you unless you fix that, it just keeps popping up. It might fix it for a little bit, yeah. but then it'll creep back up in until you just know the real source of what is actually happening like inside then you have to go within and fix it yes exactly so that's the basis of why we de- developed life camp is we really wanted to give people a solution that wasn't a band-aid but was life lasting and one of the things we say is you'll transform more in 10 weeks of life camp than you will in five years of therapy <laughs> wow that's and we beautiful. know this because we've both been through therapy and start mm. is a therapist and so the what life camp does is we work on the root, not just the problem, but when you've been impacted by something like trauma, a traumatic experience, right? So whether that's an upsetting childhood or abuse or um, getting put down, like there's so many different ways that mm-hmm. trauma or adversity and chronic stress mm-hmm. affect us. Mm-hmm. And what they really do is they put a dysfunction in our nervous system. So it's not just this thing on the outside, but your actual physiology Mm -hmm. becomes wired for drama. So that feels like home to you, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it sucks, it's the most familiar. So your actual nervous system is what we call it's wired for drama. So that's Mm -hmm. like the go-to, which means there's neurochemicals that are addicted to that, right? So even though arguing feels terrible, it actually lets down neurochemicals that help you feel better eventually, right? So yeah, so that's like a coping mechanism. So you keep going back to it. Yes, and even more than a coping mechanism, Mm -hmm. it's a trained response in your body. So you 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 almost can't decide not to do it, right? Your brain is releasing the chemicals because that's what it's been trained to do. Mm -hmm. So with Life Camp, we actually 
uh, have practices. There's So there's practices where we work on things, but then there's practices that are designed to repair and restore your phys physiology, what we call your biological landscape. If you've been in chronic stress or you've been through trauma, um, you've been through different kinds of adversity, mm -hmm. your biological landscape. So think like your psychology, like your mental um, ability, your emotions, your feelings, your breath, mm. your body, your nervous system, all of those pieces um, have been shifted. They're in a dysregulated system, mm. right? So we actually have practices that help restore the biological mm. landscape. So it's healthy. And that is a then when we address the root causes, right, we get yeah. down to what are your core limiting beliefs, we get down to different pieces of trauma, mm -hmm. when we do the healing work, it sticks, because we're dis we're taking the part of your, yeah, we're disconnecting, we're disconnecting the nervous system yeah. to the trauma response, and yeah. we're rewiring so that now you can go through these things, and you can be calm, you can be restored, you have a way. So that's why the band-aid, the things like the yoga retreat, the best meds, the great doctors, the great therapies, all these things don't really work long term. Mm -hmm. Because your physiology, right, your body yeah. response, your neurochemicals are still in the same pattern right. of the trauma. Yeah. And so it's like a 10 week program. Mm -hmm. And each week we give content, what helps to create the basis of understanding, like the first three weeks are really like how you got to where you are, how you develop the core limiting beliefs, um, where they come from, how mm -hmm. trauma and adversity and chronic stress, they actually all land the same in the body. Mm -hmm. So it's, so even though the experiences are all different and unique, how, how it affects the person is is almost across the board the same right it disrupts our yeah. disrupts our nervous system mm -hmm. it disrupts certain things right so we spend the first three weeks we go into content first and then we have two support and coaching calls because each week you get tools that help uh -huh. rewire the system mm -hmm. and also tools to help unpack the trauma or the adversity or the challenging things, the core beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so you're working simultaneously on both. And then we provide this whole amount of coaching and support within it because we know things are great when you're, you know, the day after the call, right? Yeah, but three days like, after so you're, pumped. Like, you're like, so pumped. Yeah. You're like, oh, amazing. I'm going to work on it. Everything is fine. And then yes. as the time passes, you're like, oh. Well, I'm going back to the same old meat again. Yes. Yes. So we, we layer in multiple layers of support. So mm -hmm. the whole time, like as soon as you have that thing come up or as soon as you can reach out mm -hmm. and get support and coaching in it. So we build from the first part of life camp is really internal and self. Mm -hmm. And then we go into relationships. So relation, intimate relationships, oh, yeah. partnerships, right? Because first you have to work on you. Mm -hmm. Then you can work on relationships and this could be like relationships with your bosses, your coworkers, like your kids, it's all mm -hmm. the relationships. And then the last part of life camp is really about clarity and purpose and up-leveling, really owning. It's the, 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 the coup de gras in it is mm -hmm. owning your trauma as gift mm -hmm. and finding purpose and fulfillment in that so that you're really coming into the world in a different way at the end of it. And so you restored your biological landscape. It's mm -hmm. in this healthy, thriving place. Mm -hmm. So when, when things, so imagine like the same challenge that happened at the beginning before you done life camp might, might like blow you up and might have a huge fight in a relationship, or you might feel really bad for days, right? Afterwards, 
first thing that happens is your emotional resiliency, your ability to navigate stress mm-hmm. increases, right? So you can handle more things mm-hmm. while still being in a calm um, state. Your nervous system doesn't get excited or jacked up. And so then the second thing that happens is now you have more tools in addition to navigate those things. Mm-hmm. So we're not going into old default patterns, right? Like uh-huh. old you might have like gotten really angry or gotten frustrated oh, or been yeah. depressed, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that transformation, you now have a different default, right? So, you know, like, oh, I'm going to start with the breathing exercise right now. Like I feel myself, like we have this really great tool of being able to track in real time every day where you're at and how you're feeling and then mm-hmm. tools to move and vary that based on how you actually want to be feeling. Mm. So basically that's like rewriting your whole blueprint. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. And since we were talking about trauma, you know, obviously we all have them. Yes. Say when you're going through like a healing journey, how can we unlock them or like what can we do to unlock them in order for us to heal? Yes. That's such a great question because unlocking trauma can happen on so many levels. And often we there's a lot of shame around trauma and there's this bearing of it or guilt, like not wanting to own these things. Mm -hmm. Or when we, we speak about them, it creates this stigma. So one of the bigger pieces is we're really wanting to normalize trauma. Everyone has it. Mm -hmm. It comes in a lot of shapes, sizes, and things, right. All the way Mm -hmm. from like really intense abuse to chronic stress, to overbearing parents, like, and how I'd said before, like it lands the same way in the body, meaning your nervous system attaches to the trauma response automatically. So um, I'm going to give you a little bit of brain science here. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. When something good happens, it doesn't automatically implant in our brains. Our brains have a negativity bias. So when a really, yes. when a traumatic event or a scary event happens, it takes, it only has to happen once and it's locked into the body and the brain and it has a memory. And now it has a system built around that, right? Mm. So if that, if that experience, right, that traumatic, it lit us up and got us in a fight or flight response, uh-huh. right? So when, um, you know, your fight, flight or freeze, you have, that means you have a lot of adrenaline happening. You have norepinephrine, you have cortisol release, all these excitatory chemicals. So that means when something similar like that happens, your body goes there again, just like it's basically a tiger in the room all the time. And that becomes your baseline. Mm -hmm. So when we're on, when we look at unlocking trauma, part of what we're looking at is your system. Like we said earlier, it's Mm -hmm. been wired for that. So we, to, in order to get to the trauma first, there's this just understanding that it actually works biologically in our body. And that's the part that's the same, regardless of what's happened, right? So once we can start to see like, this is a pattern in the body, it's Mm -hmm. going to be easier to unlock. So one of the most simple ways to begin to unlock trauma patterns is having like 30 to 60 seconds a day where you would inhale through your nose really deeply. And then you'll exhale through the nose really slow, intentionally slower so that your exhale is longer than the inhale. And what this does is on Mm -hmm. a physiological place, it tells your body you're safe and you're okay. Mm. So it's part of unpairing that trauma response where your nervous system is overreactive. Trauma equals being overreactive and Mm -hmm. hyperreactive also, right? And so it's that just a simple breathing exercise can help relax and allow you then to even begin to now explore that. So one of the ways we work through in Life Camp is Mm -hmm. beginning to look at 
our childhood, not in a way like we don't actually believe you need to dig up the past and rehash your trauma. Absolutely. (laughs) So part of what that is, is it's getting to begin to start noticing how you're feeling right on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then in that place to notice there's certain things that happen when you start feeling not good, right? Like, let's say you wake up and you're just like, you're okay. You're feeling pretty good. And like things happen. And throughout the day, you start feeling worse and worse and worse. So we start to really look at patterns of what that looks like to start to feel worse. And then we pair in those, the breathing exercises so that you're actually able to be more grounded in the moment. Because once we start to feel worse, we're actually then triggering that trauma response in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So it might not be as big, but what we're doing is we're exciting up our nervous system. And now once, once we start feeling like depressed or anxious or worried, we're actually Mm -hmm. starting to produce the same neurochemicals that we would in a big trauma response, right? So that's how our day-to-day is actually connected to that. And once we unpair that, then we can really start to look at what we call like the core limiting beliefs. And part of how we unpack this is looking at, um, the thoughts that are sort of there on a regular basis. So Mm -hmm. if you think about like, you know, when you mess up on something, what's the thought in your head? Like, oh, I should have done a better job or like, God, why did I do that? Right. All these things. And so in that place, one of the things we do is start looking at that negative chatter Mm -hmm. because in there, that's actually where we unpack a core belief and core beliefs. Like I'm not good. Good enough. Yeah enough. I'm not safe. I'm not worthy. I can't be loved or I don't deserve love. Those Mm -hmm. are all really connected to those early childhood experiences. Usually from zero to seven is where we get those. Mm -hmm. And if something happened to us, even having a parent be unavailable, right? Maybe it was something bigger, but maybe you just had parents who weren't available. Like Mm -hmm. that makes a big difference, right? We, we actually, as kids, we have this, what we call a narcissistic view of the world. Mm -hmm. Meaning when you're zero to seven, everything is happening because of you. Like this is healthy. This is a healthy thing in childhood, right? So if like your, your parent comes home and they bring you ice cream and they're really excited, you think it's because you were a good kid, right? And if they come home and they've had a really challenging day at work and they're frustrated with you, you don't think like, oh, they've had a challenging day at work. They're really stressed. They're having a time. You think I'm a bad kid. Yeah. They don't like me. Yeah. You don't love me. I'm yeah. not worthy. Like those things. Right. So those then like translate, like fast forward now, 20 years as an adult and those experiences add up. And now you're so many things are mm-hmm. reflecting that back. Right. You, you see your lack of self-worth in so many other ways. So part of that, it seems um, you know, part of that connection between looking at our negative thoughts or like, mm-hmm. imagine there's like a little drunk monkey with a megaphone on your shoulder. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you feel really bad, that thing is super, super loud. Wow, but when you're, yeah. you're feeling good and you're feeling yourself, you don't really listen to those thoughts. That's as much, right. right. So, you know, what we start to keep track of is like, when you're feeling bad, what are, what are those things? And so now that we have those thoughts, we actually work with those directly. And one of the very first things that we do is we give you the possibility of an I choose statement. And this is so many people are into positive affirmations and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes positive affirmations are great. It doesn't work. (laughs) Sometimes don't work, you know, and the reality is, is because they're often too far of a stretch. Cause if Mm -hmm. I feel like a fraud or I feel like a failure or I'm super depressed and I'm just Mm -hmm. standing in a mirror saying, I'm happy. I'm loved. I'm awesome. There's, there's a dissonance and not feeling it. And it's like, I know inside 
that's not who I am. And yeah. my subconscious belief, my programming says that's not true. Yeah. Right? But in the moments, so let's say, you know, like for you, for instance, do you have like maybe a repetitive negative thought or like when you, when you don't show up the way you want to, like, what mm -hmm. would that thing be? Like, what would you say would be like your Achilles heel thought? I think like for me, if something is like, if I do something, I always just do compare. It's like, I could have done better. It's not yes. good enough. Not being yes. good enough is a repetitive, like just pattern. Yes, like, yes. This could have been better or this has to be done this way or just not happy with how I've done it. It yes. just has to be better. Yes. That awesome. is the... Such a good one. And I'm sure so many people listening are like raising their hands. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're you know these really are core beliefs so in that like I'm not good enough or could have done a better job I want you to think about in the moments right now like mm -hmm. imagine that spice and like you're looking at you know something you just did and the thought comes up you know like uh I could have done a better job right this really isn't good enough I want you to be in that moment right now but you're not allowed to think that thought right like you can't have it you can't have it so like how how does it look differently? Like, how does it feel if you can't think that thought? You feel good. You don't even feel anything inside because normally when you start feeling like I'm not good in it, it's like it's on your chest that you're yeah. feeling like something is heavy and it's like congested there. But mm -hmm. when you just let go of the thought, like it's okay. So it's like an art of surrendering as well just like you feel at ease and you feel more peaceful yes yes so in in this so for you that i choose would be something around surrendering or mm -hmm. peace or enough so when so now in that moment like you're doing another project let's say like tomorrow afternoon you're doing a project and you hit that place and you go to the like you're feeling that like oh it's not good enough in the moment you say i choose surrender Ooh. right because yeah. I am denotes something we're not we know we're lying but I choose is a choice in that moment right I'm in because what we're really doing is we're interrupting a pattern right and that pattern mm -hmm. is connected like we could trace this all the way back to when you were little mm -hmm. and some you know either was what people told you or yeah. not you know relationship with parents right but the reality mm -hmm. is is we take a moment and we interrupt the old pattern right we interrupt the default which goes mm -hmm. into I'm not good enough which is the tightness in the chest and like the bearing down and then trying harder and getting like micromanaging your work even right getting mm. it to like needing to be it per perfect perfect so yeah. in the moment like do the longer exhale breathing so take like three deep breaths where you intentionally exhale longer and slower than the inhale and you can think to yourself or say wow. out loud i choose surrender wow right i choose is, surrender is it through the nose or through the mouth when we breathe through it both in this instant it's only through the nose so you want to inhale oh. through the nose and exhale through the nose just like that and see how you can intentionally slow down your exhale. That's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And so this is great. Anytime you're feeling um, tense or anxious or worried or excited, wow. or you know, you need to walk into a situation calm, just mm -hmm. do three to five of those breaths, like increasing the exhale, inhaling through the nose, exhaling Increase. through the nose. Keep increasing the exhale. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so oh, when I okay. practice this, you can like, you can count to yourself, like inhale for four, 
and then exhale for eight, right? Or exhale for six, you kind of build up to it. But eventually, you know, I'll inhale for eight and I'll exhale for 20. So really long, slow breath, but just start small. Some people, um, because of trauma responses in the Mm -hmm. body, the inhaling is hard. And you, some people might notice, like, if you've tried this with us right now and you're like, I can't even inhale for two, that's okay. Inhale, inhale for one and just try to exhale a little bit longer. So there's no wrong way to do it. Just build up, start small. And when you use that breath and then you pair an I choose, mm-hmm. that's really connected to, it's kind of like the opposite of that of that thought you had originally, right? That like not good enough. Like you could say wow, I choose good, good enough, mm-hmm. but when you were talking like, yes, that was part of it, but it's like the bigger aha in that moment mm-hmm. was like, oh, what I really want to do is surrender because that feels more open. It feels yeah. more peaceful, right? And now instead of when we go into that tense place, when you go into the tense place and you're like, I'm not good enough, what you're actually doing is going into that wired for drama response, right? So yeah. now the brain chemicals are happening that put you in the fight or flight, mm. right? And when we're in that place, we don't have executive function, meaning the thinking mm. critical, uh, logical part of our brain, we don't have as much access too that's why why we make really poor decisions when we're lit up (laughs) yeah and that's why especially like you know in intimate relationships or something or having an argument with your significant others and their coping mechanism or the way that they respond is like you know fight flight or freeze so they would just like run away you know they're like oh dismissive and then there's out of you there's like you, like for me, for an example, they're like you're a fighter. So you keep pushing. So it makes it even worse because you both are actually dealing with a different sort of coping mechanism. Yes, exactly. Which can, which can lead to even more (laughs) misunderstandings and arguments and miscommunication. And it's part of why when we can start to calm that response, Mm -hmm. right? We have more presence in the moment. What it really does is like lengthen your ability to stay here now, not go super far into the future, not go super far into the past, but be present now. And so it's just like a, the I choose and the longer breath. It's just a tiny little piece of like this overarching place in terms of that healing, that trauma and really healing the overall, the biological landscape, right? How we interact with the world and then being able to step fully into ourselves. Like think in this place of unlocking trauma, the biggest Mm -hmm. challenge is that so often we're leading half lives right? We second guess ourselves. We're constantly questioning. We, um, you know, it looks really different based on different people, but there's a lot of not feeling confident, not really going for what you want, being really indecisive, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not feeling like you have a purpose, but either you don't have time to fulfill it or you don't really know what it is. Yeah. Right? And so when we start to unlock that and, and step into a new pattern of healing, then that really allows those things to happen. And we stop feeling so much anxiety around um, that place of like not being who we think we should be in the world, right? There's so much um, angst when we, when we know we're capable of more and we're just barely getting by. Yeah. And instead of like, I mean, since we're talking about the whole trauma and also past, you know, past experiences. So would you say that is that how you let go of the past and break the same pattern that we keep repeating? Or how can we rewrite? Yes. So rewriting is sort of this 
this multiple fold thing. Part of rewriting the story mm-hmm. is we want to rewrite the physiology in our body, right? We want to heal yeah. the biological landscape mm-hmm. because if, if we keep having a trauma response in the body, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter um, what we say or do, that's going to be the underlying what's underlying, right? And so that's mm-hmm. often related to like subconsciously what we do or what I call yeah. like your default or your memorized self. Like just because you are this way, isn't because it's how you're supposed to be it's how we've been conditioned to be. And it's sort of like how we are memorized to be in the moment, right? That's my mm-hmm. default. It's what mm-hmm. just automatically happens. Yeah. But when I begin to do the work to heal, then we get to unlock. And in part of that, like greater healing aspect, we get to, um, so we're going to do work with the biological landscape. We're going to mm-hmm. work with our thoughts And then we're going to start to begin to rewrite the story by um, going forward, right? This is Mm -hmm. the the rewriting the story is like, I guess I want to pause here because Mm -hmm. this is actually really challenging to do by yourself. Yes. It's hard to get perspective Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So in like the bigger picture thing, having a trauma informed approach, whatever you do, it doesn't have to be with life camp or me. You could Mm -hmm. really choose anyone, but choosing a trauma informed approach where you're hitting it on a twofold basis, right? You're not just working with your thoughts. You're not just rewriting these things, Mm -hmm. but you're making sure your physiology is on board so that Mm -hmm. you don't backslide into the old patterns, right? You've done a lot of healing on a lot of levels. So rewriting the story really looks like, um, going through the core belief work. So we have yeah, a process yeah, yeah. in, in life camp, which is called a trust fall. And it's really about how we take something that's a core belief, something that has been operating under, usually often in the subconscious for a long time. Yeah. So one of mine that I worked with was I need to be perfect to be loved. Mm, right. And yeah, this was a yeah. core thing from my childhood. Right. And yeah. it took some work to get there. But once I realized it, it was like, oh my gosh, in my relationship with my mom, mm-hmm. I had to strive to be someone I wasn't in order to receive her love, yeah. right? So what that translated to is in the adult world, I felt like it had to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine the conflict that arises when someone gives you feedback or, um, you know, tells you something that's like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I have to be really defensive and excited and, and that can't be true. And, and so that striving, the, all those things connect, right? So mm-hmm. in life camp, we have this this process called the trust fall. And what it really does is it unpacks, helps you see who you are in the world when that's operating in the background, right? When that's, it wasn't like I walked around and I was like, I need to be perfect to be loved. It's like, that's what was happening in my relationships. That was, um, you know, the thing underlying how I did my work, how I would not delegate tasks, right? How I would be a people pleaser, how I, you know, type A personality, like Mm -hmm. strive, like do Mm -hmm. the best, be the most awesome, right? So that I couldn't be called into question if I was good enough because Mm -hmm. I was better than everyone else, right? Yeah. But all that was this band-aid to try to soothe this person, you know, this little kid who felt like they had to be perfect just to receive love. Right. And so in that process, it's like, um, a process of questioning and meditating on. And we have like, basically, I think it's 20 questions we go through and it's actually Mm -hmm. really simple, but Mm -hmm. it's 
who, you know, looking at who you are when that belief is operating, like how you are in the world and then how you treat others and how you mm. navigate things. And in the end, it's really about looking at then now, then we'd sort of like poke holes in that belief by looking at like, who could you be without it? It's like in those same moments and what else could be true? Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that place of rewriting, it's, it's not enough to go, Oh, that's what I used to do. Now I see it. Right. Yeah. We actually have to go, Oh, that's what I used to do. This is why I used to do it. Mm-hmm. This is who I am when I do it. Wow. Yeah. Do yeah. I want to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we like see the whole thing and then there are the tools then like, okay, so I don't, I don't want to be that person, that person oh, who needed yeah. to be perfect, to be loved. That belief didn't serve me. Mm-hmm. Um, it got me to where I was. Right. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of, you know, on the one hand, being a type A personality meant I have like degrees and I'm super successful. And you're very right? high achieving, you know? Very, like- yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. But on the other hand, it means like I, my adrenals got really worn out. I had chronic fatigue. I had mm. gut issues, you know, like my relationship was in tatters. And what I really ultimately was like, okay, this, there's a better way to move forward. Right. Mm. So in rewriting the story, part of it is there, there is some benefit, right? To whatever that core limiting belief was, there is some benefit. Like it got you to where you where were. Where you are now. It got yeah, you yeah. here, you, yeah. right? But you might, that might not get you to where you want to go. So yeah. in that rewriting the story, there's, you know, there's so many different ways to do it. But part of it, I think, is really being able to dive deep into it, to look at it from another perspective. Mm. And then to start seeing like who you could be, you know, if I didn't have to be perfect to be loved, could that be just as true? Like- yeah. Yeah. And there's even exam. I even got to see like, well, there's actually examples in my life where that's true, where I'm not perfect and I'm loved. Right. And so it helps to then set the stage for how I can move forward with that. And this whole time we're mm-hmm. working on the physiology, right? So I'm, I'm taking the, doing the longer exhale breathing, or we have like different um, power postures and things like that to really help your body go, oh yeah, it's safe to feel these things. Mm-hmm. It's safe to let this go, right? Yeah. And it's also safe to do something new. So you basically create a safe place for yourself in order for you to feel like, you know, just be authentic and just be real and just, yeah, you can be who you are. You don't have to be perfect. You just, so you guys helped people create a safe space for them to let their inner child or say like their, you know, their authentic yes. self out. Yes. Yes. And that's part of why, you know, it's one of the reasons we actually do a group program. And Mm. though we both have one-on-one practices, we know the power of working in a group is tenfold what you get by yourself because the A, that community helps create the safety and B, like I can, you know, we have participants who show up and they never ask a question in the, in the coaching calls. They never say anything. Right. And they're like, oh my gosh, this was the most powerful call ever Mm. because we all share so many of these challenges, right? It's like mm-hmm. you said yeah, that right. like not, not being good enough. I'm like, yes, definitely. I felt that before. Like I mm-hmm. said, the perfection thing, you're like, oh, I can feel that, right? Yeah. And we can really learn in that place when I'm creating that safety for, for me and that belief, it actually creates the safety for everyone there. And then when we have that, we're able to explore. So remember, like if you're exploring 
these things and your body gets into a fight or flight response and you get tense and like now you're you're producing cortisol it's not going to help you heal yeah right? but if you can be in a calm space you're in that rest and digest or the parasympathetic nervous system mm -hmm. then like not only are we creating a safe on um, a safe place in the outside your internal your body language your physiology is actually saying it's safe to do this right now i don't need to run from a tiger and that is sort of the key to unlocking all of these things. Because if inside our body, when we talk about the trauma or we have a stressful conversation with our partner, if inside it's like, oh, I got to run from a tiger, I got to yeah. run from a tiger, yeah. right? I'm yeah. having a physiological response. Mm -hmm. I can't get anywhere with that. That's right. I know your time is precious, so I'd like to end it with three questions. Okay. So the first one is, uh, share me one truth about you that only you know. Oh, this is such an interesting one. I was yeah. like, where do you, where do you go with this? Um, it's, you know, deep down a truth that only I know. The thing that comes to me and that came to me when I thought about this is really, it's about worth. And I feel like one of my biggest lessons and also gifts that I bring is worth. Like, it's hundred percent. Like I know I am worthy deep down a mm -hmm. thousand percent. There is no question. There's no thought. There's no experience mm -hmm. that could take that away from me. Like mm -hmm. I was born, my birthright is worth, but in that, that bigger place of that truth, like to me that it's a universal truth. And sometimes we tap into that, but so often that gets like whisked away from us. Even yeah. as like little kids, like one of the very first things to go is like our worthiness in the world. And I just like, I want to affirm for everyone, no matter how hard your day has been or how shitty your life has been mm -hmm. or how challenging things have been, you're worthy regardless. Yes. You're worthy if you have a good day, you're worthy if you have a bad day, you're worthy if you've yelled at your kid, you're mm -hmm. worthy if mm -hmm. someone called you a bad name, like you're still worthy. That doesn't call your worth into question. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to you to live a conscious lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Conscious lifestyle, I think this is a really beautiful question and the consciousness is such a powerful gift to bring to the world. Mm -hmm. And for me, a lot of what that really looks like is our awareness. And so when I think about a conscious lifestyle, it's really about um, being fully present first and foremost, like it's allowing for myself in as many moments as possible to come back here to the beat, to the here and the now to mm -hmm. be aware. So much of our time is spent in the future or in the past, like worrying about the future or like regretting or feeling bad about the past versus like for me, one of my practices is to enjoy every moment. Yeah. It's, it's like one of the things I actually do It's part of my personal manifesto in the world. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is even when um, things are going really challenging, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to ask myself, how could, how can I be, what else could this mean? Or how can I be present for this? Right. Mm. I, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to enjoy a horrible argument, but what mm -hmm. it means is I'm not going to jump into the story about what it means. And I'm going to do my best. And I was like, Oh, well, I might be having an argument, but gosh, the sky is really beautiful right now. Right. Mm. Or, wow, I might have had a really bad day. And yet here's my dog laying on my lap, loving me. Oh, no matter that's what. Beautiful. Yeah. Right? So it's like conscious lifestyles, that ability to 
be here and now and to look for what's going right or or even just look for what's not going horribly wrong right now. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I feel like there there are so many other beautiful ways to talk about that with health and holistic and all of these things. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I wanted to bring that piece of like awareness yeah. in the moment and and little ways we can choose to be here now because for me that really does equate to a conscious lifestyle and I make really different choices in the world when I'm coming from that framework, instead of coming from that future concern yeah. or past regret. That's beautiful. And what impact do you want to leave on this world? I would love for people to live fully alive. Like I believe that when we embrace and heal and own our trauma and our mm-hmm. past, then we can live in our full selves and the world really needs us fully alive. Like you and your gift, me and my gift, Mm. everyone like operating from that place of love. So like the impact I want to leave is that it's totally possible Mm -hmm. and it's imperative. Like we need you fully alive and living. And if that's what you need to take the steps forward, to get help, to get more love, to Mm -hmm. prioritize yourself, like whatever that looks like, it's mm-hmm. so important. And um, we're at such a unique time in history mm-hmm. where there's there's so many things going on. And if you look at like the bright light of Amanda Gorman, for instance, mm-hmm. when she spoke her poem at the inauguration, yeah. that was a person in their gift, right? She's done some deep healing work and what she brought, like look at the, the grace and the levity and the joy that brought to millions, yeah. right? And so that's the power of you being alive, fully alive in your gift and having owned your trauma in your past. So it's not something that drags you down. It's yeah. something that you're like, I got this. Yeah. And it pulls and it pushes you forward with momentum. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.